InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. We all know that walking is a healthy activity, but recent research offers cutting-edge ways to maximize the physical and psychological benefits of regular walks. With more, here's InfoTrack reporter Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Question for all of us. Have you heard everything there is to know about the benefits of walking? Before you decide, listen to what my guest today has to say about physical and mental benefits of walking certain ways. Joining us now is Annabelle Streets, researcher and writer of 52 Ways to Walk, the surprising science of walking for wellness and joy one week at a time. Annabelle, let's take your findings one at a time. First, what does humming do as we walk? Well, humming is particularly good for reducing stress and making you feel very, very calm and making you feel much happier. But it also produces nitric oxide in your throat and that has benefits for your health and well-being. It's just a simple thing that you can do because you can sort of hum under your breath so you don't need to feel embarrassed, which you might if you were singing. (laughs) I see. So walk us through, no pun intended, The fact that most of us avoid the mud when we're walking, but you say, no, don't do that. Why is that? Well, mud is thought to contain something called geosmin that is also deeply relaxing. And it also contains probiotics, gut bacteria, things that really help our gut. So just when you're out walking, you know, you just want to sort of scuff your feet, particularly the forest floor. So if you're walking beneath trees, you really want to try and just sort of kick around there and breathe in, breathe in the smell that comes up from the soil. And there was a bacterium reported that might stimulate serotonin, which can improve our mood. Some gardeners actually have suggested this is why people who garden with no gloves feel really great afterwards. But does your skin have to actually physically contact the soil to get these benefits? Well, there are two ways. You can breathe it in through your nose or you can get some of it in through your skin. So gardeners, as you point out, are huge fans of actually getting their hands right into the soil. But also if you leave a bit of the soil on your vegetables, so you're actually ingesting it, just tiny, tiny, tiny amounts, that can also help your microbiomes. The key is just to get it inside you. And we're talking about this being a mood enhancer and what else, what are the other benefits? Well, with soil specifically, it's been found to work exactly as an antidepressant does. So that's very much about lifting your mood. And, you know, we don't really know why or how this works. We don't understand the mechanism behind it, if you like. But in studies, it seems to make people feel calmer and happier. But then, of course, there's also the effect it's having on your microbiome. And you won't necessarily feel that. But of course, we now know that the microbiome is where so much is happening that we're just not aware of. And there are benefits, are there not, to walking during a full moon? Well, the full moon is very interesting because if you go back in history, way back, all of our ancestors, most of the time it was too dark to do anything at night. So full moon nights became really important. Full moon nights were when people could go and hunt and they can work much later. If you fast forward to Jane Austen, you know, all the aristocracy had their balls on the night of a full moon because then people could walk home. So the full moon has always been a sign of a sort of very social occasion until recently, obviously, when we have so much artificial light. But what that means is that our body reacts to the full moon. And again, we don't quite understand how or why. But more babies are born on nights of the full moon, for example. And there are studies showing that 
in some countries there's more crime, in some countries there's less crime. But clearly we're slightly different. We're slightly different when there's a full moon. You recommend walking within the first hour after waking up. What does that do for us? Well, that's really about getting the light to the layer of cells at the back of our eyes. So we behind our eyes, we actually have sort of miniature brains. And when they sense the bright morning light, they then set our internal clock. So they tell us that this is the beginning of the day and that then triggers cortisol, which gives us energy and focus. But they also set that clock for much later by pointing out that, you know, in 15 hours, we're going to need to get ready to go to sleep. So it sets us up for the whole day. We're visiting with Annabelle Streets, who's now out with the book 52 Ways to Walk, which identifies a number of walking benefits that might not have occurred to all of us. Federal guidelines recommend adults get at least 150 minutes of moderately intense aerobic activity a week or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. Which is more important, keeping the intensity up or sticking with the program? I think sticking with the program is the most important thing because if you find you're walking too intensively and you're not enjoying it, then you just won't bother doing it. So the most important thing is to find the pace that makes walking pleasurable for you. So that might be a slow pace if you're a little bit older or if you're pregnant or if you're not very well. If you're young and vigorous, you might want to go at a a rapid pace. A really good thing to do, though, if you're healthy enough, is to mix up your paces. So have interludes where you're walking very briskly and perhaps you're getting a bit breathless and sweaty. And then just taking it down a bit so that you're walking more slowly and enjoying the horizon and the scents and the sights around you. Our audience may be wondering if walking does so much, would running actually do all that and more? Any thoughts about that? Yes. Running will do perhaps more for your cardiovascular health. That's true. But the thing about running is that when you're running, you're not necessarily using your panoramic vision. So you're not necessarily looking out into the distance, which also is very good for our stress levels. You're also not able to talk to people, so it's not social. If you think about walking, you step out of your house and you probably wave to a neighbour and you might chat with someone. If you're running, you're, you're really just powering along, aren't you? So I'm a big fan of walking because of the democracy of it, really. Anyone can walk. So your comments really suggest that the best walking is outdoors as opposed to on a treadmill? Yeah, absolutely. When we're outdoors, we're getting the vitamin D from the sunlight. We're also getting nitric oxide. We are getting light into our eyes. We are interacting with other people. We are getting much cleaner air depending on where you walk, of course, than if you're just in a small or even a large gym. And most of us learned to walk when we were little infants, but you say that there are walking mechanics that are better than others. Give us maybe two or three tips. Yeah, so I worked quite intensively with a couple of walking coaches because like everyone, I thought, oh, you know, I can do this. I've been walking for years. But in fact, what they showed me was that in, you know, after 20 or 30 years of sitting slumped over a desk on a screen, our posture has changed and we've sort of come out of alignment. So they started by encouraging me to walk through the whole of my foot. So using all five toes, which I hadn't done before. And then we worked on posture and also things like just lifting up into your ribs rather than walking with your tummy hanging out. Finally, you mentioned walking a dog. What are the health advantages of that? A dog is a wonderful thing because a dog forces you out. So anyone who has a dog knows that you have to go out sort of twice a day for at least 30 minutes each time, depending on the size of your dog. But studies show that people with dogs 
they live longer and they have better health, partly just because they are getting out there two or three times a day and always with that wonderful companion. And of course, there are things like the oxytocin, the love hormone, as it's known as, from just stroking your dog and being with your dog. And then, of course, there are the benefits to your microbiome of having this animal living with you. So a dog brings many benefits. Well, sounds like a good reason to get a dog. Annabelle Streets, author of 52 Ways to Walk, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.